for another week of the Oklahoma Today podcast. Now, we didn't need to do any data mining to know that if you're listening to this right now, you have ears and can hear things. And if you can hear things, that might mean you're interested in music. And if you're interested in music, that might mean that you like to see it performed live. And if you like to see it performed live, well, I think you'd probably like the Swasu Jazz Festival which returns to Weatherford for its 54th year, uh, February 15th and 16th. We'll have Dr. Richard Turk on to talk about that more in a moment. But first, let's do a nice little recital of a personal favorite (laughs) song of mine, the Bravado Wireless Adderade. Heck yeah. You are called to be bold. You have a right to the best wireless service, high-speed internet, and customer service at a price that you can feel good about. At Bravado Wireless, we know this, and that's why we put you and your community first. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. So I've got a great idea if you want to hear it. Sure. I've got a great idea. Uh, let's hear a great so idea. So we all love Spotify. And I mean, Apple Music, but okay, yeah. <laughs> streaming music. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but wouldn't it be cool if they had, like, Spotify live meetups where you were there but your Wait. favorite artist was there? Did you, you just invent the concert? <laughs> the concert? You yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That is the concert. I think you just invented concerts. Actually, this has been just a ruse. I know that concerts exist and have existed for at least the past 20 years. Uh Okay. Uh, That's good. I'm glad you're aware of that. That's why... I would be sad if you didn't know about live music. Our question of the week actually is, uh, what is your favorite place in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. to view and observe and hear live music? Mm. And Good question. Nathan, I know that you've been to a few of these concerts yeah. that I've heard about. I mean, I don't think my answer is going to surprise anybody. It's the Blue Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's small. It's intimate. The acoustics are basically perfect. Um, the lineup, of it's mostly folk Americana songwriters who come through the space, but it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Patty Griffin, David Wilcox, um, Sarah and Sean Watkins from Nickel Creek, John Fulbright, recently James McMurtry, and most recently Robin Hitchcock, the great psychedelic British singer-songwriter. Um, but honestly, a lot of my favorite shows have been local people you know I mean my friend Casey Clifford plays there all the time and Bo Jennings and Travis Linville and John Fulbright and um, there's just so it's such a great place to get to know Oklahoma music um, I've n- I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad show there mm-hmm. I've never had a bad time um, I love that I love that space it's weird and it's small and it's <laughs> like when it well, rains it seems like it's gonna fall apart but I love <laughs> it I, I've been going there for 20 years and it's just I love that venue so much and you know, no offense to like the arena venues, but there's just so there's a magic in that like, intimate space that you no, just don't I mean get. like literally this past Monday, today's Wednesday, on Monday night of this week, I saw Robin Hitchcock there with a hundred people. Yeah, my friends that were there seeing me singing with singing with me the last time they saw him, I think it was at the Civic Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a no, it's. And, like, I saw Patty Griffin at... Totally different. Yeah, I saw Patty yeah. Griffin at the Zoo Amp with the chicks, and that was great, but, like, I saw her from 10 feet away at the Blue Door. I mean, it's yeah. just... There's nowhere like it in Oklahoma, I don't think. If they go from a little figure in the distance to uh, someone that might... Uh, to, like, a real person like a that's, friend, like, sitting yeah. there, and you're like, do they know how to tune a guitar? I'm not sure they know. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's taken a really long time. Um, no, it's a, it's a... I love the Blue Door. I love mm-hmm. the Blue Door. Big yeah, that was a great answer. Thank you. All right, Carly, what about you? Um, so, I have a similar reason for picking my venue and that is the diamond ballroom also because it's like you're like the stage is elevated obviously because it's a stage but it's like so close and there's no really separation between Mm -hmm. the band and and you um i just remember i took my uh 
sister when she was like, I don't know, probably 14 or so to a Cobra Starship show. And I had never heard of this <laughs> band before. So I was like one of the old people hanging out at the back reading a book yeah. and stuff. But I was like, actually, I like this. And by the end of the show, I was like up at the front with the kids and like, ah, oh, you That's know, awesome. and everything. So I also saw Dragon Force there, which was one of my favorite concerts oh, that I've ever I been to. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, I saw I, Ghostland Observatory there. They were amazing. Uh-huh. Um, Boys Like Girls. I've seen a bunch of, yeah, that's a great venue. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. The Diamond Ballroom, South Oklahoma City. And Mm. it's usually, and the tickets are not super expensive compared to like Paycom Center and stuff like that. I think Oklahoma City is most underappreciated. Well, and like, you want to talk about the chance to see some up and coming acts. Like, um, I didn't actually get to go, but I know Casey Musgraves performed there at one point. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like the people yeah. you're going to see at the Diamond Ballroom next year, you're going to be watching at the at the Paycom. You're mm-hmm. right. So yeah, that's a good place to go. Absolutely true. Uh, Megan Rossman. Uh, I also have seen a lot of shows at the Diamond Ballroom, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but another a place where I've seen uh, some musical performances that I enjoyed was the Civic Center. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just yeah. uh, classical music generally, or the ballet, or something. Yeah. Like I I love. I love listening to music in there. Obviously, it mm-hmm. has great acoustics, and yeah. So, if you're looking for, you know, some classical music, yeah, yeah. or I mean, a musical, the, the Oklahoma City, yeah. the Oklahoma well, City Philharmonic I, I'm is not always a huge great. fan of musicals, but but if you like Broadway, but if you like musicals or Broadway, yeah, yes, it would be a great place. Definitely to Definitely know I, about Civic Center. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I've seen some great, um, and of some, course, there's Canes. And like some friends of mine saw Les Mis there the other day, and were blown away by it. And, mm-hmm. You know, they put on amazing. Yeah. They put on amazing things at the Civic Center. I yeah. saw a Book of Mormon there. I did too. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I saw the Carol King musical and Wicked, and yeah, it was great. I love mm-hmm. the Civic yeah. Center. I love good the, answer. The Philharmonic. Ah, oh, they're so good. Concerts. Especially when they do a free one. Mm-hmm. You oh. gotta watch out for those because that <laughs> yeah. is an amazing. I know. Experience. I wish they would do another. That was like the best lunch hour ever had. <laughs> Honestly, I would. I just would pay. To, like, I just need to pay to go see that. I went. My friend Aubrey took me last year to see the Phil, and they were playing Beethoven. It was so great. Mm-hmm. It was so great. I just had such a great it's really time. Really nice. Yeah. What about you, Ben? You're like the biggest music. <laughs> Over on the staff, kind of like you know more about music than anybody. I feel like. Well, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't. Go I that feel far. like you're about to be like, there's an underground parking <laughs> lot in Muskogee. No, like. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. I mean, I've been there, but it's not. Right. <laughs> um, well, in the entirety of the state, it has to be Kate's Ballroom. I yes. mean, it's just the perfect you know, combination. I was hoping someone would say that of yeah. a uh, a mid-sized venue, but also um, all that great history, mm-hmm. um, and they just bring in so many incredible. Um, Acts, especially at the level of what I'm typically looking for. Well, that's another one too. Where like you see them at Canes the next year, they're at the BOK. Yeah. Like I saw I saw Chris Stapleton at Canes in 2014, mm-hmm. and literally the next year he was at BOK. Yes. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And then, but in Oklahoma City, I would have to say uh, Tower Theater because right. um, yeah. Yeah. what I love is that after the show, you're right there in Uptown, mm-hmm. and there's just so many things to do. Yeah. So. It can be just a, a really full, long night. <laughs> you don't even have to leave. You can go upstairs exactly. yeah. mm-hmm. and party and yeah, hang out at hang out at Pony Boy. Social well, media. All right, what do people have to say on social media? Well, uh, John D. Carlson, who's one of our uh, top friends or, or fans up, on Facebook. Well, thank yes, you for being a top John. friend. Uh, I don't know if he intended for this to be a poem, uh, but I'll let you all be the judges. Okay. It says Blue Door, over by the music school on Twenty Third Street. And then he does a wavy sort of smiley face. It's a venue. These guys may be from Houston via Arkansas. They are really good at music, especially in OKC, at the Blue Door, just north of 23rd. 
and I. Garth, poetic. That to was me. a haiku. It really yeah, was. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that was nice. Yes. you've got a future in poetry, John, whether you know it or not. Yes, thank Perhaps you. Perhaps songwriting. <laughs> Maybe Perhaps. songwriting. Maybe you'll be the next person we see at the Blue Door. Yes, uh, Karen Morris. Oh, I like this answer. She said botanic gardens, all of them. Smiley That's good. Face. Yeah, anywhere you can have music and nature mm-hmm. all at once is a good thing. That reminds me of a really. Uh, I had a very awkward day at a botanic garden concert. Very awkward date. Mm-hmm. No. Why would hat was the music bad? Uh, the music. I don't know. It, it was like, just I don't know why about... that's the most awkward thing I can imagine for a date. What if the music's bad? Well, we weren't planning on going there, but okay. then she took me there because her mom really loved this folk singer that was singing. I don't know. Oh, it was just, it was really weird. That already got a little bit. I can weird. catch you up on the details. <laughs> the mom. Yeah, reference. no, I'm yeah. like I want to hear more about this yeah. awkward date. I do too. Later. Uh, yeah, the, the to be continued. Yeah, uh, Nikki Nikki Buck says Tower Theater in OKC. Yes, good answer. Uh, yeah. Good answer there. Really good venue. Uh, Gerard Mochin said Woody Guthrie Folk Festival in Okima. Uh, another favorite of ours, for sure. Um, Pam Ferguson said the Tulsa Theater. Good uh, one. Yes, yep. good one there. Very good. I've oh God, I've seen so many shows at Tulsa Theater. I saw the Woody Guthrie hundredth anniversary show at the Tower Theater. Ooh, the Tulsa cool. Theater is one of the best shows I've ever. I mean, just like in terms of lineup. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah, everybody was on that show. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Mark Wiscup said Zoo Amphitheater. Love that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many good shows there over the years. And That's what's so funny, you know. As we're talking about this, it's like it's funny how like how much third spaces. Exactly. Music venues are like they're mm-hmm. such community. Like they become such a part of your life, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a little bit of a goal of mine to have more third spaces. That's a good. That's a good New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a little insight into my life. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea Walker Rudy said Kane's Ballroom. We um, love it. Yes, yep, we love I it. agree, Andrea. Yeah. And then Ashley Corpella said 89th Street, the old conservatory. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm which still is, there a lot. Yeah, used to be. Yeah, the conservatory and has mm-hmm. gotten a little bit of a glow up, which is nice. Yes, yeah. yes. The bathrooms, uh, <laughs> very nice. It used to, <laughs> it used to look and smell the way the music sounded, and yeah. <laughs> now a little bit less so. Yes, but it's a beloved. I love that place. It's so cool. Uh, it's a a jewel of the upcoming uh, Britain area. Yeah, yeah. It's also like a great place. Well, and it's yeah. I love I love mm-hmm. that venue. Uh, well, one event we're all excited to hear about is the Swasu Jazz Festival in Weatherford. It's an annual favorite that is currently organized by Swasu music professor Dr. Richard Turk. Let's hear more from Dr. Turk about everything planned for this year's event. All right, so I'm here today with our guest, uh, Dr. Richard Turk. Uh, he is the organizer at the uh, Swasu Jazz Festival, which uh, is amazingly in his 54th year. That's a lot of longevity there. Uh, Dr. Turk, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for for having interest in our event. We're really excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I guess, first of all, um, well, 54 years, that's a long time, like I said. What is the, sort of the, uh, the secret for success there with the uh, Jazz Festival? Well, part of it, it ha- I have to give credit to the, the founder of the Jazz Festival, Dr. Terry Segris, when he started the festival in 1970, he saw that there was a definite need for jazz education in Western Oklahoma. Uh, and he uh, had several contacts th- throughout the United States uh, to, to draw them to Weatherford, Oklahoma, and have this festival. There was also, uh, there was also 
a, a, an interest in a big band festival. So part of our part part of our event is inviting middle school, high school, and college uh, big bands to our campus. They get a chance to perform, and they get some credit, some some uh, comments from uh, really great adjudicators. And so he he started the festival, and he's had some of the the great jazz artists of our time, uh, from everybody from the great Clark Terry trumpet player who was very active in the 70s and 80s as as a jazz educator, um, all the way through. Uh, most recently, uh, in in 2020, we had Gordon Goodwin's big band, uh, big fat band, which is one of the leading jazz ensembles in the world. Uh, we've had. Uh, some really amazing artists here. Mm -hmm. And how long have you, first of all, how long have you been um, working with Swasu and how long have you been, I guess, uh, the director or involved in the, the jazz festival? Sure. I started in, in 2012. So my first jazz festival would have been uh, February of 2013. And we hosted the the amazing trombonist Wycliffe Gordon mm -hmm. um, and you know, at that point, especially because of Dr. Segrist's work and my predecessor, Dr. Keith Talley, they had pretty much created the the overall yearly calendar of events. So I was lucky in that I had I didn't have to create the wheel. A lot a lot of the a lot of the the, the foundation was there uh, as far even including you know our contacts within the university. We get a, a lot of our support from the Swasu Foundation. Uh, we get support from the Oklahoma Arts Council. Uh, we get a grant from them. Um, and so so we have, and the city of Weatherford is also very supportive of this event. They, they uh, we get a, a grant every year to get some support from, from, from the city to try to keep the community uh, well involved as, as much as we can. Right. And this year's festival is February 15th and 16th. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. yes. Uh, Mr. Stafford will, will be giving a free concert on that uh, the evening of the 15th at 7 p.m. And we're really excited to have um, uh, this many people coming. Several of our high school uh, participants are coming the night before. They'll be watching the free concert and then staying overnight in town. Because we have so many bands coming in, we've had to move it to our, our Fine Arts Center auditorium for that concert. We used to host it in our smaller recital hall, but uh, we want to make sure that there are plenty of seats for, for people to see this, this these tremendous artists. And then on Friday, Mr. Stafford will be playing with my ensemble, the Swasu Jazz Orchestra, for concerts at one o'clock and eight o'clock, and those are ticketed events. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk about, um, I know, like you've already alluded to, that uh, it goes on over the course of two days and there's multiple uh, venues uh, incorporated into the festival. What's sort of the, um, the feeling or atmosphere that, uh, that someone can expect that they're going out to the festival for the first time. Well, the the thing that I'm I'm really proud of is there there's a definite jazz education aspect to it. Or it doesn't even have to be jazz education, but a music education aspect. You know, there's the free concert on Thursday night where you get to watch some of these jazz masters in in action. Uh, all day Friday, we'll have these visiting bands that'll be uh, performing, and anybody can come in and watch uh, their local band. Uh, we have bands from as far east as Wagner and Uliga to uh, Clinton and Elk City are participating this year. Uh, in the past, we've had some bands from Kansas and from Texas. So uh, it's it's a it's a really fun day. I think the 
I hope the, the students get a lot out of it. But if you're visiting for the first day, for the first time, that Friday is full of music. You can go listen to these, these younger groups play. You can hear Mr. Stafford and my ensemble perform. And Mr. Stafford also uh, provides free clinics during the day. Uh, they are clinics of, of his choice. And so uh, he and I actually haven't discussed what they will be, but there's one at 11 o'clock in the morning in the Hilltop Theater uh, here on Swasu campus. And then after the 1 p.m. concert, he'll come back and do a second clinic at three o'clock, also in the Hilltop Theater. Uh, but we've had some some fantastic presentations of, of jazz artists talking about everything from you know, how they got started in jazz music to some of the nitty gritty of, of the music business. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit, you mentioned uh, uh, your guest artist, Terrell Stafford. Um, talk a little bit about uh, him and he's uh, been a guest artist uh, with the festival before in the past, right? He, he yes, he, he's been to Weatherford before with part of a different group called uh, Arts and Crafts uh, that's led by the great drummer, Matt Wilson. Um, so he was here, gosh, I think that was my third year, perhaps my, I think it was my third year. Uh, I had met Matt Wilson when I lived in Wichita. He, he's a native of Wichita and had been the headliner there at the Wichita Jazz Festival. So I got to know him a little bit and uh, what was really important uh, to me uh, was that I, I saw him working with younger students and I saw that he was a great educator. And I really wanted to make sure that that we bring in artists who are interested in educating young musicians. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Stafford was here for that ensemble. I got to know him a little bit there. Uh, funny side note, sort of, is he's based in Philadelphia, and uh, my, I have my my uncle and aunt live outside of Philly, and they're big jazz fans, and so they've uh, talked with Mr. Stafford in on his home turf at many times. So he's just a really charismatic, uh, really uh, fun human to to hang out with, and so we're we're happy to have him back. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you the uh, UCO or. The Swasu Jazz Ensemble will be performing uh, with Mr. Stafford, right? Or yeah, that's correct. So the he will be playing with his own group on the Thursday evening, the free concert. But on Friday, he'll be our featured artist with Swasu Jazz Orchestra. Yes. Well, that, that's really cool. Uh, that, um, that's a other, I'm not sure, is that a student uh, band or is that um, like a professional, the Swasu Jazz Ensemble? Yep, this it's it's a band made up of of undergraduate and a, a handful mm -hmm. of graduate students that are come from the all around the state of, of Oklahoma. Yes, well, that's the great thing about the festival is that it incorporates the um, the the jazz uh, loving aspects and then also the the music educational aspects. It like interweaves those together. Yeah, that's that's one of our 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 main. Uh, main drives is to make sure that people are exposed to this great American art form of jazz music, uh, which we don't have a lot of of outlets in Western Oklahoma. Uh, but you know, as I mentioned, Clinton, Elk City, Cordell, uh, they all have uh, really great jazz programs. Sarah's come in the past, and we want to have a a place for those bands to come and get some comments and watch some live mm -hmm. music. Yeah, well, talk a little bit more about the big band competition. Is that something that um, people can watch throughout the day? Um, and it, like, like how many bands will end up competing in that? Absolutely. You know, this so far we have 17 visiting ensembles uh, from 
Uh, we have one from, from uh, downtown Oklahoma City, the U.S. Grant uh, High School is coming. Uh, as I said, we have Uliga and we have Wagner that are, will be attending. We have two bands from Norman North that are attending. Uh, I guess the farthest east would be Vertigris. That's all the way past past Tulsa. So, and that's a that that program has a tremendous uh, reputation uh, for many years of being one of the top jazz programs in the state. So those 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 bands will arrive. Some, as I said, will arrive on Thursday to check out that Thursday concert. But many will arrive on Friday, and they'll get a chance to perform on the auditorium stage, and they will get uh, verbal comments uh, from our three judges. And then following the performance, one of those judges will follow that ensemble to a separate room where they get a 30-minute one-on-one clinic with some of these great jazz educators. Uh, so right now we have the jazz director from Friends University, a trumpet player named Nick Schroeder, who's going to be one of our judges, the jazz director of Bethel College in Kansas, uh, Joel Betker, uh, Will Flynn, who's the jazz uh, area chair for Wichita State. Uh, those are kind of our three outside uh, the state judges. Then we also have Floyd Haynes, who's uh, re just recently retired from the, the Dell City District, where he uh, had been active in, in the, they're building that jazz program uh, for, for, for decades. So we're really excited to have uh, those four gentlemen joining us. In addition, my uh, trombone, saxophone, and percussion colleagues here at Southwestern will also be serving as an adjudicator uh, in the adjudication uh, capacity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, well, it sounds like a great opportunity for um, bands uh, in the area, uh, in the region, to sort of uh, you know, test their skills and see how uh, how they stack up at, the, at this point in time. You know. Right. And ours is is traditionally the the earliest festival uh, of the bunch. And and as far as, you know, state contests for jazz isn't until April. So a lot of ensembles kind of use our our, our festival as kind of just a, a test run to kind of get get things going, to get the students motivated going uh, forward into the contest season. Right. Uh, I'm curious, how did you, I guess, find uh, jazz band um, in your life and what sort of made you, I guess, fall in love with it to the point where it's your career, you know? Sure. Well, I, I was lucky enough to have uh, two parents who were music educators. My dad was a high school band director. My mom was a K-12 uh, general music instructor. Um, and my dad was a big jazz fan. He grew up in New York City in the 40s and was exposed to some of the the great jazz, jazz uh, musicians of that era. And uh, uh, I played, started playing in his jazz ensemble when I was in eighth grade, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, working with the uh, the students, do you see um, do you see like a lot of uh, a lot of love for for jazz uh, in the younger generations, or uh, is that something you're like cultivating with them? Um, what's your experience? Well, as, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm I'm lucky to be here at Southwestern, where there's a, a long-standing jazz uh, history, and so. With that in mind, you know we've we've traditionally always had two jazz ensembles uh, with some really uh, from some, from some students that have come from uh, outstanding jazz programs that rich history all the way to some of the smaller schools that haven't 
uh, that don't have a jazz program at all. And so I, I really hope to inspire them and instill that that interest and love of, of this American art form that if they go on to be educators, that they're they're inspired to start their own jazz program at, at their school or continue uh, continue that uh, continue spreading the spreading the the I don't know the the the, the energy the the excitement mm -hmm. of jazz music in their own students. Right. Yes. Um, so what's the general uh, feeling um, or a uh, I don't know the what's the state of the students heading into the jazz festival. Is it something that, that they're really excited for? Um, how how what have you noticed? Well, yeah, no, we we had our first rehearsal yesterday actually, and I I, I said, Are you guys excited? And they're they're really they're they're also a little bit nervous. You know, yeah. it's it's uh it's a little bit nerve wracking to be performing with with some of these you know. Grammy award-winning artists. Uh, and one of the things that I think is 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 really kind of uh, excellent about our festival is we get a lot of students involved. As far as each of the, the two jazz bands, all the students are assigned a specific task for the festival itself, but many of them are involved in leading up to the festival as far as I've had several students and graduate students help with the public relations aspect of, of the festival. Um, we, we have kind of a PR director, we have a social media director, um, and then I have a grad assistant that works kind of strictly on just the logistics, making sure we have all the equipment. But during the festival itself, we have student organizations, uh, Tau Beta Sigma and Kappa Kappa Psi, which are service organizations, as well as some of the social music uh, fraternity and sororities uh, being Phi Mu Alpha and uh, Sigma Alpha Iota that uh, dedicate a lot of their time to making sure our, our, our festival runs smoothly. So lots of, of, of great student involvement from helping the judges uh, pick up uh, judging sheets to run those over to our headquarters, to uh, making sure that our artists get to the right place on the right time. Um, we, and we also assign students as band guides so they get a chance to uh, meet some uh, of the experienced educators in our great state and uh, walk around with their band Kind of as serving as a host to make sure they get to the right place at the right time. Right. Yeah. So this is the, um, of course, the big uh, Swasu jazz event every year. Um, but are there other like big events or concerts um, that you all are doing outside of uh, just the festival um, throughout the year? Sure. You know, if we we are, always have a a holiday collage concert and that's in, in December uh in the, also in the fall we have a mass band event for our homecoming which we have a parade and we've had almost a, i think over a thousand high school students on on our our field for the mass band thing but you know, we I'm lucky to have excellent colleagues that are that are uh taking their ensembles to to new uh to higher heights and and uh, doing several public performances. We, we don't have any ensembles this year, but we've had our orchestra and our choirs been involved with the state convention mm -hmm. oh, and our band as well. Um, but as far as outside guest artists, the jazz festival is, is a little bit unique in that way. Um, right. Dr. Pippin, uh, the, the band director has done some excellent commissioning work. And I know that he has at least one, if not two, brand new band pieces that will be performing this year. 
Oh, very nice. Yes. Um, so does the festival take place um, entirely on campus or are there uh, other venues like around Weatherford? Well, the, the, the concerts themselves take place here. The, the, the Thursday evening performance uh, will be in the Fine Arts Center Auditorium. Now, following the Thursday uh, performance, we do have a, a, a informal gathering at the the lobby lounge, which is a um, is part of the Best Western Plus here uh, off of Main Street. So mm -hmm. people after the concert want to relax and go go grab a snack or maybe a beverage. Where we'll have um, usually our jazz artists will stop in and and hang out a little bit there. So that is the lobby lounge at the Best Western, and then. On Friday, we also host uh, or co-host with the Weatherford Arts Council an event that we're calling On Tap with Terrell. And that's uh, the Weatherford Arts Council is the host. The Swasu Foundation is uh, the sponsor of that event. And that is a ticketed event that um, has some hors d'oeuvres and some drinks before the concert. So that starts at 530. And that takes place in the Timothy Day Business Enterprise Center, which is just about two blocks from from the auditorium, um, and that's a, a, a as I said, it, uh, it's a hors d'oeuvres event where Mr. Stafford will will definitely stop by and get a chance to talk with him a little bit before the the performance. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's that's become it used to be a a traditional sit down dinner called Jazz with Pizzazz, but we've in the last uh, last four or five years, we've kind of transformed that to something a little bit more of a of an informal event. Right. And so I think a schedule of event uh, information and then also um, where you can find tickets is on your, uh, the festival website, which I'm looking at right now. It's a swasujazz.weebly.com or I'm sure you can just uh, Google Swasu Jazz Festival and it will take you to it. And uh, you all are also on Facebook, I believe. Yes, and Instagram, and uh, and the 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 locate the the distributor of our tickets is stubwire.com. So if you search for the Swasu Jazz Festival, uh, that would be the place to pick up tickets. Right. Perfect. Well, um, th that's about all the questions I have. Do you have any other advice for uh, people who might be heading to the festival for the first time? Well, you know. We, we don't often get some of these, you know, amazing artists uh, in our state. And um, one, one example is uh, the great Herbie Hancock, who is a jazz legend, will be performing in Tulsa, um, I believe, in April. And some of my students were saying that the tickets were easily over $100. Uh, this, this is an opportunity for uh, our top ticket price is $25 to hear just some excellent artists. And for Thursday night, it's free. So, you know, come on out, and that's supported by the Oklahoma Arts Council and and the uh, the Swasu Foundation to make that happen. So, uh, you can't beat the price of free to come hear one of the most outstanding uh, jazz musicians of our of our time. Yeah, no, you absolutely can't. Uh, I didn't know about the Herbie Hancock in April. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm you. a big fan, so I'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Dr. Turk, thank you so much. Uh, the Swansea Jazz Festival, it's going to be a great event. Um, as we said, it's February 15th and 16th, and February 15th is the, the, free, the free day, so you can come and see the free music. 
Um, yeah, Dr. Turk, thank you so much for joining the show. Well, thanks for, for your interest in our program. That's a really cool event. It really is. Like as yes. a Weatherford person, I can tell you it's a really it's that's a good deal. And that music school is legit. They like a lot of like that's a good music school mm-hmm. as Wasis. So yes, and I have to uh, thank Dr. Turk for letting me know that Herbie Hancock is going to be playing in, in Tulsa in April. I, I didn't. I had no idea. About no, that I want to go to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, it's once again time to plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendar for our weekly podvents. So anyone who would like to go first. I'll go first because mine Well, thank you. is a little bit of a shameless plug for our next issue. Okay. Because it combines two things we're talking about in our next issue. First, we have a great story about the positive health effects of deliberate cold exposure, or what you might know as cold plunges or ice ice baths. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole story about that, and it's uh, really good, and it kind of makes me want to try it. Uh, also, our friend Robert Reed has written an excellent feature about Medicine Park that's going to have you packing up and heading southwest before we even get to the last page. So if we multiply those two stories by each other, we get my event for this week, which is the Medicine Park Plunge. Join yeah. Medicine Park locals and visitors alike as they dust off their summer swimwear to take an icy dip in bath. Lake. It's a good name for that. Okay. The event is sponsored by the Park Tavern, who are offering liquid courage beforehand starting at 10 a.m. The plunge itself happens at 2 p.m., so don't drink too much liquid courage <laughs> in those four hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, costumes and positive vibes are encouraged, and even if a freezing cold swim isn't your jam, there's still plenty to enjoy. Uh, there will be live music, high tea, a mm. parade, and much more. So call 580-529-2825 or visit medicinepark.com slash festivals for I'm so, more info. I'm so glad that they're doing high tea afterwards because it's like you get out of that cold water. What do you want? What do you, high hot tea? liquid. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's and, an eclectic and, mix of activities. And pedophores. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, pedophores? High tea. Doesn't high tea always have pedophores? Yeah, usually. Well, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, scones. I don't know how. I don't know how proper it's going to be. After a dip in the after a dip in Bath Lake, just eat with the pinky up and have Mm -hmm. a pettifor and some tea. Maybe, maybe it'll be baffles from Joe Mountain Breakfast. Uh, maybe bar. so, yeah. You guys are going to fall in love with Medicine Park and read that story. I can't yeah. wait to go now. In Boy Scouts, we had what was known as the uh, polar bear badge. Um, you would have to, like, jump in the the water uh-huh. in, yeah, in the cold. It was, like, when it was a certain temperature. No, it's not for me. I swam in the Irish it. Sea in March once. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I regretted it instantly. I would do it if if the high tea were, like, your prize for jumping in the cold water. <laughs> I was the only way to get the high tea. <laughs> I would definitely do that, but not just because. No, yeah, it's, no. not, it's not for me. Megan, are you going to be doing it? Uh, I, if somebody paid me, I would. <laughs> I might go and watch. I think it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. think that'd be fun, but I don't, I, no, I, you know, I'm glad they're doing it, but it's not for me. Well, Megan, um... What is your event? It's not a polar plunge. I know that. No, no. It's much different. So over the years, people have employed many strange methods to lose weight. Fads have included the cigarette diet, the cotton ball diet, which includes dipping cotton balls into liquids and swallowing them no, to fill up your that's stomach. nonsense. Oh, people people have done it. It's, <laughs> it's a thing. Um, but it can be very dangerous. Oh, yes. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the tapeworm diet and then the various cabbage soup, carnivore, and grapefruit diets. But one diet that you have probably never heard of is the hockey diet, because I made it up (laughs) (laughs) after learning that it is not uncommon for hockey players to lose between five and eight pounds during a game. Seriously? Yeah. That's crazy. It's water weight, of course, but if you have a big event coming up, you might 
just go play some hockey for a few hours and work off those pounds before your night on the town. Another unusual method would be to hit up the Tulsa Oilers Arena Challenge on February 3rd. There won't be a hockey game, though. Tonight, you will find crowds of people running and walking up and down the staircases and around the arena in a 5K race or a fun run that's put on by Fleet Feet. For more information about what this all entails, visit fleetfeet.com, and there's a little button about the event that now you can I click on. Now I want to know, are you running on the ice? Or are no. you running? Okay, good. That's See, what I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's the stairs. Right? Okay. Yeah, well, no, okay. you run around the arena, too, but I don't think they have the ice set up. Okay. I'm not sure what the Oilers have to do with this They're probably challenge just sponsoring be, it. You know, that's just a, yeah, prob- just a branding That's my thing. guess. But, you know, promoting general wellness in the Tulsa community. Yeah, like, so uh, it's yeah. just going to be a bunch of people running around the stadium. And Well, I remember know, running. Sounds like a good way. You know what? I like an indoor 5K. Yeah. yeah. I do. That's nice. It beats running outside, right? Now. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I remember running stairs in high school, uh, stadium stairs, or arena. It was really an arena, or it wasn't an arena. high school? And I think after doing that, I would want to do ha- experience the numbing effects of a polar plunge. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Carly, what is your event? <laughs> Let's talk about space, baby. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me going to the Claremore Stargazers Gathering northeast of OKC <laughs> on February 3rd at the Claremore Museum of History. They are inviting people who are interested in space to gather and to talk about what they see in the sky. Bring a blanket because it's going to be really cold. Um, but February might not seem like a good time to go stargazing, but it's actually a really, really good time to see Orion the Hunter, all oh, of the parts yeah. of him, which the the best views are in early February. Uh, there's seven stars that make up Orion the Hunter, including Beetlejuice, uh, which is on his, uh, let's see, his right shoulder, and then Rigel is at his left knee. Uh, one of the smallest stars, uh, Safe, which is the hunter's right knee, is 22 times the mass of our sun. That's wow, the smallest wow. star in the, in the constellation, and it's still 22 times our sun. I just wow, think that's so that's cool. cool. Um, but what a lot of people don't know, uh, everybody knows about Orion's belt but a lot of people don't know about his sword, which is just below the belt. And there's three stars. But the middle is actually not a star. It's the Orion Nebula, which is a a stellar nursery. And it's the closest one to Earth. It's 1,300 light years away. But um, if you look up in the sky, you can actually see, like, the dust cloud with binoculars Mm -hmm. on that night. So that's really cool. So um, if you want to learn about that and other space things, you can go to the Claremore Museum of History on February 3rd and... um, if you want, it's free. It's from six oh, to great. eight. And if you want more information, go to ClaremoreOH.org. Can I say, take your kids to that if you're able? Because like, I grew up going to stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it was so inspiring as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, take your kids if you can to that to that event because that sounds like a lot of that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, great event for the kids. I love that. What do you have, Ben? Five eight zero nine one eight five three nine. These are. The three-digit identifiers representing the regions where music-loving phone havers in Oklahoma can go see Mr. Area Codes himself, Ludacris, in concert. (laughs) That's right, kids. Tej from the Fast and Furious movies actually got famous by making music. Lovers of hip-hop from the new millennium will have two chances to see Christopher Brian Bridges on the mic this week. The first opportunity is 8 p.m. Friday at Choctaw Casino and Resort in Grant. The second is 8 p.m. Saturday at River Spirit Casino Resort in Tulsa. 
buy a seat for one or both because tickets are still available. And if you get there and someone is sitting where you're supposed to be, you can tell them to stand up, <laughs> get back, get out the way, and roll out. <laughs> Ludacris, he was a bossy guy, you know, <laughs> full of commands. <laughs> Tickets can be purchased for the show in Grant by visiting ChoctawCasinos.com slash events and for the Tulsa show by visiting Tickets.RiverSpiritTulsa.com. That sounds like it's going to be a good show. Oh, really good shows, yeah. Two good shows. Wow. Mm-hmm. We've had so many great concerts coming up. We have, I know. Really? Yeah. Yes. I think um, something about, like, the early period of the year that, uh, yeah. Invites yeah. a lot of shows that you don't, um, not like the the big um, touring, like the headline touring shows, mm-hmm. but um, like the the shows you wouldn't expect. Yeah. You see a lot of those in yeah. January, February. I, I don't know. I feel like it might be in some, I mean, the driving part would be worse, obviously, but in some ways I feel like touring might be easier in the winter. Mm-hmm. Just like it gets dark sooner and mm-hmm. like, they're, you know, like what are you going to do outside? Yeah, like, yeah You might exactly. as well just be driving the next gig, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not a musician, but that's how it's always seemed to me. Well. Um, and I like going to shows when it's cold. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. let's go beat somewhere inside. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it's always warm in there because you got all those bodies. I know. People it's uh, yeah, I always yeah. get, yeah, I always have to like take off my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gets hot in there. Yeah. As, and, and as stand, Nelly noted once. Stand up on the table. We know how you are at concerts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's time for the star of the show. Um, I'm giving it to, to Polar Plungers. Yeah, man. They deserve it. They yes. do. Mm-hmm. They are brave souls. Yes. Especially, I mean, Ludacris, you're going to be in town, so... <laughs> Head on over to Medicine Park. Luda, if you want to go do the Medicine Park plunge, I will do it with you. Oh, yeah. You have to pay my entry fee, though. It's only fair. (laughs) He can do it. I can promise (laughs) you. Uh, Well, if you like the show and you still can't get enough, head to OklahomaToday.com or pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com. We'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Kalia Barra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song, editing, and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit OklahomaToday.com. Goodbye. Just the one technical glitch this week. Oh, yeah. That's that's in our one that's our one per week quota. I know we it just stopped recording it. us right in the middle. We had to do part of it over. See it if you can write in and tell us what part we did over. I'll um, <laughs> I'll send you a sticker. See <laughs> that might be easier. Okay, Teapot at travelok.com. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got stickers to spare. It's fine. Megan, any any parting words? No. <laughs> <laughs>